Welcome to PantherCast, the official podcast of TMI Episcopal, where we share stories from our alumni, updates about the school, and help you reconnect and discover what the TMI community is all about. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the TMI PantherCast podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Director of Community Relations. For today's episode, I'm pleased to bring you the audio from last week's Head of School Social with Father Scott. Thank you for listening, and now, enjoy the show. So um, I want to uh, tell you why we do this event. It's important to me that, uh, that we continue to have conversations and, um, and be in conversation together because it does take a village to do what we do, which is try to raise the best servant leaders we can. We do not hold um, lightly the privilege that it is to be in relationship with your sons and daughters and to help raise them. We realize that they spend more time with us awake than they do with you. And that's an important um, distinction. We, we acknowledge that and we thank you. We thank you for trusting us. I say this all the time and I mean it every time. We thank you for trusting us with the greatest gift God ever gave you, your son and your daughter. And we take that, um, we're very honored that you trust us with that. So I want to give you some updates um, on the state of the school. Today, um, we opened this school year, 2019-2020, with the largest enrollment in our school's history, 484 students, 6th through 12th grade. You can applaud that. Some of you were um, preparing to applaud. That's awesome. Um, the way that enrollment breaks down is about 120, well, not about, 128 in middle school, 356 in the upper school, 46 boarding students from seven different countries. Our retention rate continues to be high, above the national average. 91% is our retention rate, um, and it's been above the national average for the last seven years. So we've done a really good job in keeping our awesome students and um, continuing to recruit our next generation of them. And the admissions office is already busy underway um, with the 2020-2021 school year. I'm knee-deep in that conversation as well. We have an open house on October the 20th from two to five, I'm telling you all that because you are the greatest ambassadors to this school. Your friends um, wanna know your experience more than they wanna hear from Aaron or me or any other teacher. They wanna know what's it like and you are our greatest ambassador. So bring your friends on October 20th or send them our way on October 20th for an open house. I always say get your boots on the ground, make sure um, you encourage your friends to get their sons and daughters to come to a shadow day with a great ambassador program that Aaron and his department run. And so get, there, you get your friends to come uh, walk a day in the day of a, a TMI student. It's the greatest way uh, to get to know this community. I want to show you a little bit of our 2018-2019 reviewed and audited financials for our financial operation for 1819. I'm showing you these because they are audited and complete. The 1920, the 2019-2020 budget is very, very similar, and so the numbers are, are close enough that you're getting a good picture of the school, and these are the 1819 numbers. Um, great news, our revenue in 2018-2019 exceeded our expenses. That's always great for a not-profit to do. Um, if you have a calculator, you've quickly learned that we exceeded it by $1,522. <laughs> so great news, revenue is greater than expenses. Other news, we have a 30-year-old campus, and it's hard to address capital needs on $1,522. Um, and so let's look at these slides for this slide for a little bit. And um, again, if you have any questions on this, come see me or Matt Duke, our chief business officer, after the meeting. On the expense side, 
any organization, the greatest um, expense is always going to be payroll expenses. Um, that's true for us as well. I want you to note that we budget anywhere from 2 to 4% a year for capital expenditures. We work that into our uh, operating expenses, and so we spent about 2% last year on operating expenses, capital improvement um, on top of all of our other expenses. We have about a million dollars in our PRISM fund. That's our rainy day fund. And so we continue to be good stewards of the gifts that we have. Um, if a pipe busts or a chiller goes out, we're not gonna have to raise tuition to do that. We have the PRISM fund, which sits at about a million dollars to be able to do things in emergency situations. Also, as we look at expenses on the right side, we are constantly, constantly evaluating what our best practices are so that we can keep expenses as low as possible. We did a reorg last year. You note that you'll um, remember and you'll see some names here in a little while, how we restructured some positions on campus as we did a, an organizational reorg. And we looked at every single department from athletics to admissions, to advancement, to um, technology, to faculty, every department on campus, and then we benchmarked each department against other independent school, peer schools, to make sure that we were in the right place in terms of our reorg, in terms of our organizational chart. We do that because we owe it to you to be good stewards of our expenses, and we want to manage our expenses and make sure that we're doing our job there. But the truth is, we want new programs, and we want to innovate, and we want to build, and we want new things. All of you could come and give me a list of the new things that you'd be passionate about on this campus. So how do we do all of the new things we want to do without raising tuition? That's the million-dollar question. So um, there are really three levers you can pull in the independent school world to increase revenue. Lever number one is tuition. We could raise tuition. We don't want to do that, so we don't want to pull lever number one. Lever number two is more enrollment. You just get more people paying the same tuition. Well, at some point, as we study that, we want to make sure that enrollment is mission appropriate, that classes are the right size for your students. People ask me all the time, are you at capacity? Are you at enrollment? What's capacity? And I say, because we don't track students, we don't take, okay, you're 14 and in ninth grade, so here's the classes you take. Um, I can't tell you what capacity is until you tell me what grade this child is in, what, class, where they're gonna, what science class they're going to be in, what math class they're going to be in, what language they're going to take. And so we're constantly evaluating the size of our classes to make sure that they're mission appropriate. And so we don't want to just say, well, let's just increase enrollment by a couple of hundred. That way we increase revenue. That's not mission appropriate. So then that leaves really one lever left to pull, and that's the uh, annual giving endowment restricted giving lever. And so um, as we look at ways to keep our budget balanced for 2019-2020, keeping tuition is, uh, from going up, keeping enrollment where it needs to be, and we, bu we budget in our annual giving for the year about $750,000 in annual giving. So if we're going to present to you next year a balanced budget, if next year's numbers are going to have revenue in excess of expenses, we're going to have to raise $750,000 in this fiscal year in annual giving in order to do so. Which brings me to the next slide, which is the TMI fund. The TMI fund is um, the gap closer. The gap that we need to close between tuition revenue and expenses is $750,000, or $1,500 per student. Your tuition dollars covers 88% of all of our expenses. It does not cover 100%. And so the gap between what tuition covers and all of our expenses is $1,500 per student. 
and the TMI fund remains the single most important philanthropic priority of all TMI's giving. It's the gap closer. And I will remind you that paying your tuition is not tax deductible, but your gift to the TMI fund is. So as we look at the TMI fund for 2019-2020, again, the goal is $750,000. Um, that's the annual giving number that we seek. Um, I want to tell you that the TMI fund supports the things that make TMI TMI. Your tuition dollars pays salaries and utilities and maintenance of our school, but the TMI fund is what makes TMI TMI. It's the TMI fund that pays for Leland Gertz and the sixth graders to go spend the night at Mustang Island. It's the TMI fund that pays for Travis Waddington to be up here all hours of the night working with the robotics team. It's the TMI fund that allows Mary Scuddy and the Fine Arts Department to take over 100 students to the annual ISAS festival. It's the TMI fund that makes TMI TMI. So your contributions to the TMI fund help us go above and beyond the basic education and your charitable gift to TMI makes TMI TMI. This year's campaign is one word, one gift, one community. Last year, the faculty um, put their money where their mouth is, and we raised, well, we got 100% participation in the TMI fund, first time in school's history. You want to know the, the pulse of a community or the faculty supporting it. And to get 100% faculty participation in our TMI fund shows you um, the heart of our faculty, and we're really proud of that. Um, we just started the TMI fund for faculty a couple of weeks ago, and we're already at 78% faculty participation and I'd invite you to join our faculty in supporting the TMI Fund this year, and let's make it the best campaign ever at TMI. Speaking of the best ever, let's talk about 2019-2020. Uh, the Board of Governors approved a strategic plan uh, last year. There are five major goals for that strategic plan. Every company needs to know where it's going and why it's going there. Helps you put one foot in front of the other. So the strategic goals adopted by our Board of Governors center around recruiting, selecting, retaining, and supporting the best student body we can, establishing and nurturing a campus community environment that inspires lifelong learning, recruiting, hiring, and developing, supporting, and retaining the best faculty in the world, developing and implementing a superb and innovative academic program with athletic, competitive athletic programs and a JROTC that's recognized as a unit of distinction in a faith-based community, and then finally the stewardship piece of managing TMI with fiscal discipline and managing the resources to sustain for long-term financial health. It's important to me that you know that we have a strategic plan and your leadership team continues to put meat on that strategic plan. And when we make decisions, we make them because we believe that they are consistent with the, the, the um, carrot at the end, the, the, the roadmap, the light. We're walking towards this strategic plan. We don't just make decisions one-off, we're making them because we believe that they help us accomplish the goals given to us by the board in the strategic plan. So what are some of the things that we were able to do on the capital side, and then I'll get into the program side in a minute. These are some exciting additions to the 2019-2020 school year. Again, we passed a preliminary budget that's balanced for this year. It looks very similar to the budget that you just saw. Um, included in that budget, we were able to do some really great things. Um, the classroom furniture that we were able to do is flexible and movable. I took a picture of some of it, oops, some of it today. The cool thing I like about that furniture is that if you walk around to three rooms, you'll see it in three different configurations because teachers can move it depending upon what they need for that time. 
if they're giving a lecture, if they're doing some small group work, if they're doing an assessment. Um, in Ms. To the Senora Tos' room, the desks are up against the room and she's got the, the, the chairs in a circle. The flexibility allows our teachers to, um, to instruct in a way that's much more appropriate to what we're doing on the academic side. So that furniture is awesome. Um, we replaced the grid in the black box theater downstairs so that we can uh, upgrade our ability to do our productions that um, need our support. I'll tell you that on November 20th, we open, have opening night for Orphan Train under the direction of Mary Scuddy in the Fine Arts Department. So mark your calendar for November 20th and support our uh, actors and actresses in the play. Uh, we've updated the student bathrooms and coats. They look a lot better than they ever have. That's the new furniture in the attendance office slash registrar's office. It's got a little sitting area and uh, Ms. Griffin and uh, Ms. Nelson are really pleased. And that's also outside of uh, Anche for Salinas' office and we were able to update that student space, uh, that um, waiting area in that space. We added outdoor speakers to our emergency communication update. Um, we did get a new bus a year ago, but the AC on that bus um, was not what we needed it to be. So we got a new AC in the new bus. Um, side story, we bought that new bus from Chicago um, and AC needs in Chicago are different than AC needs in San Antonio, Texas. And so it had AC when we bought it, but it had Chicago AC. And now it has San Antonio, Texas AC. And we're about to replace several of the Suburbans we have with newer vehicles. So those are just some of the capital improvements that we have coming in that 2% that you saw in the expense side um, from the capital expenses that we budget for. Those are some of the things that you can uh, that you can see are happening and gonna happen on the capital side over the course of this year. Um, Ann Schaefer Salinas has hit the ground running as the associate head of school. This was my joke today. I went into a math class and I, I don't know if you can read that, but it says, who is MC squared? That was my, that was my attempt at math humor. Um, and so the kids played along really well. Um, let's go back to the strategic plan. In an effort to support the strategic plan, those five goals that you saw, in our assessment of the academic program, we made the decision to combine the head of the upper school with the head of the middle school to have one associate head of school who was responsible for teaching and learning and vertical alignment for sixth through 12th grade. So Ann Schaefer Salinas has walked into that role. She's actually run into that role. She's hit the ground running. She's responsible for teaching and learning on this campus. We work closely together, but she is the captain of the academic ship. She's aligning our curriculum with the help of Jill Cross and the department chairs. She's supporting our faculty and our staff. She's your contact for questions related to academics. Let me say that again. She's your contact for, for <laughs> conversations related to academics. Let me say that again. No, I'm just joking. Um, it's important that you hear me say that, but it's also important you hear why I say that. Having Anne here, responsible for teaching and learning, responsible for all things academics, allows me to support her, but it also allows me to support athletics and facilities and the Corps of Cadets and the business office and residential life and wellness and social and emotional learning and programs and admissions and advancement and more. I love supporting our leaders and having Anne here, again, as the person you contact for questions related to academics allows me to support all the other great things that make TMI TMI. We have other people on this campus who are in new roles and new positions on this campus. Speaking of the strategic plan, which you saw, one of the strategic plans said this, TMI seeks to establish and nurture a campus community environment 
that inspires lifelong learning and develops servant leadership skills. We also have an educational philosophy that our faculty have helped author, and in our educational philosophy it says this, once admitted students commit themselves to TMI, TMI commits to those students to serve them in any way necessary to, to facilitate their success. So we have Mary Richmeyer, our new learning specialist, and we're really lucky to have Mary. Having a position like this is extremely common in most independent school campuses. Some of the most reputable academic schools in our association have a team of learning specialists. And we have Mary right now, and she's doing an amazing job. And she's a resource to both our students and our faculty. So while Anne and Mary are in new roles, they're new faces in new roles, we also have others who are not new to TMI, but just new to the role they serve. Joe Claiborne is in his sixth year at TMI, and he's serving as the acting commandant of our Corps of Cadets this year. Brandon Palomo is in his ninth year at TMI, serving as our athletic director, and Sherry Brown is in her ninth year at TMI. So these are people that have been around for a while, and their wisdom and their love for this place is, um, is alive and well, and I'm really thrilled that they're in these new positions for them this year. So we have new faces that are in brand new roles, we have familiar faces who are new to existing roles, and then we have familiar face that's in a new role, and that's Tracy Carter, our Dean of Community and Wellness. TMI is committed to having a dedicated person who is responsible for looking at our students' wellness. So some of the things that have come out of Tracy's work this year is a quiet room in the wellness center. How many of you would like just to have a place every once in a while at your office where you could just go and shut the door and be quiet? Um, we have cell phone free areas. I know we've got a lot of positive feedback from a lot of you. It's actually reduced the number of people that come up to the cafeteria. That's not really true, but um, they can't have their phone up here, so that was my attempt at a joke. But it, it, they can't have their phone up here, which actually if you come to lunch, they're talking to one another and they're engaging in conversation and it's wonderful. And they know, especially the high school kids, know when they can and can't have their phones out. And that's part of our commitment to social and emotional learning and to wellness for our community. Tracy leads all things parent ed and all things student advisory. She also leads our student wellness team. So every two weeks, Sherry leads a team of Stacy Smith, that's all school, our school nurse, with Nate Bostain, our chaplain, Lisa Condry, our counselor, Clive Hamilton, our director of Res Life, and Ann Schaefer Salinas. And that wellness team gets together and discusses any student that's on their radar screen for any needs pertaining to social and emotional needs. And those names are um, given by teachers, by advisors. If anybody in our faculty says, man, I noticed that um, Christopher's been sitting alone a lot at lunch, that name gets sent to Tracy, and Tracy and her team are going to check in on Christopher to make sure he's doing okay. And that happens every two weeks as part of their wellness check for all of our students. Tracy has a great quote, which you've probably been reading while I've been talking, so I'm going to read it to you. Um, I love this quote from Tracy. She says, if a child can do advanced math, speak at least two languages, be involved in everything, take more AP classes than their years in school, receive top grades, but can't manage their emotions and handle their stress, stress and show cultural humility and develop healthy relationships or know how to just be a kid, then none of that other stuff is ever going to matter. And so that commitment to balance, I hope you hear it loud and clear, um, and Tracy's doing a great job of reminding us that every day on this campus. Which is a nice segue into our, my next topic, which is academics and college admissions, etc. Focusing on wellness is not at the expense of focusing on academics. We are not 
compromising on our academic product. As a matter of fact, the data would show the opposite. In 2018, the SAT scores for our senior class of 2018 were higher than the SAT scores for the class of 2017. And in 2019, the SAT scores were higher than the class of 2018. So for the last two years, student scores on the senior class on the SAT have continued to go up. So we're focusing more on wellness and our academic grades are going up. We're an excellent educational community. We're going to deliver on our academic progress and our academic product. Our students will do well here. The data shows that. And they are well prepared because we have amazing faculty and staff. We have an amazing academic program and we deliver on that. Our students get into amazing schools. They get amazing amounts of scholarship aid. They outperform their classmates once they get to school. This is data that very soon I hope to be able to present to you some real data on that that shows how our graduates do compared to their classmates once they leave here. So again, I'll stand behind our academic product every day of the week. But if I'm being really honest, I worry about our students. I worry about them. I'm going to get emotional just saying it. I have two children at this school, and I worry about the stress of our children. I worry about their health and their well-being. I worry where we, schools, are placing that stress on them, and where we, parents, are placing that stress on them. I worry about their homework load. I worry about the college admissions pressure. I worry about the competition. I worry about balance. There are countless articles out there. You can find a million of them by just Googling, and you'll find data that shows that the more balance and the more peace that a student has, the better they're going to do in school. The more balance and peace they have, the better they're going to do in school. And the more you and I ask them about their grades, the more we check their on-campus every single day, the more we say, we say silly things to our children like, if you don't study harder, you're not going to get into college, which I have said in my household, and you probably have too, the worse they do. There is this three-legged stool, I believe, of a well-balanced child. And that three-legged stool is the student, the school, and the family. And we have to work together for the well-being of our students. We are in this together. We need your help and you need our help. School, parent, student, working together. TMI must continue to do what is best for each student. I have two students here and they could not be any different. They are very different boys and they need different things from this TMI community. How many of you have multiple children here who actually need different things from this community? They are different types of learners. They are different types of students. And we have to be asking ourselves what's in the best interest of each of those children. Teaching students to be lifelong learners, which is what we want. Everybody want a lifelong learner in their household? Teaching students to be lifelong learners means that we, school, has to be a lifelong learner too. We have to look at ways to continue to do our job better because we have to model lifelong learning for those lifelong learners we want to create. So for example, under Ann's leadership, along with our Dean of Curriculum Instruction, Jill Cross, and all of our department chairs, many of whom are here tonight, that group is currently evaluating the amount of homework that our students are assigned. I am sure you've had conversations in your household about homework load, and they are studying that, and they're researching that, 
and they're being thoughtful about that because we want to make sure that the homework we send home is thoughtful and meaningful and intentional. Now let me say this about evaluating the homework load. We also want to make sure we're teaching students how to study. So one of the questions I have in my household is, does it take four hours to do your homework because TMI gave you four hours worth of homework? Or does it take four hours to do your homework because while you're doing homework, you're also listening to music, watching Netflix, and Snapchatting all at the same time? And so we need to make sure that we're getting, you're, you're probably getting one side of the story. Oh, they gave me four hours, it took me four hours to do my homework. But find out how much of that was just quiet, getting after it, homework time. And so we gotta find out real data about what kind of homework we're sending home. Anne and her team are working on that because we wanna make sure we're not adding stress where stress isn't needed. So TMI is committed to continuing to deliver on the academic expectations that you have. Um, I know that many of you are here because of the academic program that TMI has to offer, and we will continue to deliver on that. And at the very same time, we will make sure that our students are healthy and able to be servant leaders for years to come. And just as passionate and as emotional I get about self-care and balance, I am equally as passionate about my kids not moving back in with me after they get out of college. <laughs> Which is why it is so important to me that we are equipping our sons and daughters for careers that we don't even know how they're gonna look. I had a, um, a researcher tell me the other day, 40% of your students, Father Scott, 40%, you wanna know what the number is? I'll tell you and I can back it up. 40% of your students are gonna go into careers that do not exist today. And so what are we doing to train this generation so that they can be hireable once they finish college? I want my children to be kind and hireable, not really smart and stressed and living in my basement, okay? <laughs> so Justin Kucherowski is our director of innovation and design. And I wanna say a little bit about innovation and design. He came to us from Tyler, Texas, All Saints Episcopal School, where he held a very similar position. Innovation and design is not just STEM. It is not just science and technology and engineering and mathematics. It's teaching students how to launch. L, look, listen, learn. A, ask questions. U, understand problems. N, navigate ideas. C, create. H, highlight what's working and what's not working. If I asked you, hey, I've got a, somebody that, that you own a business or you're a manager of a department in your business and you're looking to hire somebody in your department and I say, I've got somebody here who's really good at looking, listening, learning, asking questions, problem solving, navigating ideas, creating and figuring out what's working and what's not working. You'd say, I'll take them, they're hired. And that's what we have to do and that's the, that's the type of mindset and skill set we wanna put in our students' tool belts so that when they get out of here, and when they go to college, they are hireable. So today in the IND building, um, some of your eighth graders, my eighth grader has IND class, um, there's a group of students as they identify a problem and then work to listen and find ways to empathetically solve that problem. An example of what's happening in our IND class is we've got a group of eighth grade boys working on a self-cooling undershirt to wear every day in the Texas heat. So think of the entrepreneurial opportunities that will come out of innovation and design when you give students the tools to think and create and problem solve. 
and then you give them the framework to do that, then the sky's the limit. And it's going to be really fun to see what comes out of innovation and design across disciplines in the years to come. We had a luncheon yesterday. It was called the Entrepreneur and Innovation Luncheon, and we honored two legendary TMI men, Tom Frost and Bob Ayers, who are innovators and entrepreneurs who graduated from TMI. And I said to this group of people yesterday, mostly business folks, some of you were there, I said, TMI doesn't create employees. TMI raises community leaders, change agents, forward thinkers. TMI students don't go on to work in their field. TMI students go on to change their field. And if they're going to do that, and we're going to deliver on that promise, then we've got to give them the tools and the framework to think creatively, collaboratively, critical thinkers, problem solvers, and innovation and design allows us to do that. We are doing some really amazing things in innovation design, and we are doing it in a dorm room that was converted into a robotics room that was converted into an innovation lab, which is why this next slide is so exciting for me. Just last week or two weeks ago, we broke ground on the Walker Innovation Center. This is a $3.5 million project that is all going to be funded by major gifts, major gifts being gifts of $250,000 or more. So not one dime of your tuition will go to funding the building of the Walker Innovation Center. So the best way you can support this building is to give to the TMI Fund, which will um, have a direct impact on the strategic initiatives that will take place inside of this building. So this building is about 8,000 square feet. It's got a huge fabrication lab when you walk in. It's got two different idea labs or classrooms, a robotic space, a broadcast studio, an AR-VR room, an augmented reality virtual reality room, and all of those spaces will be interdisciplinary so that any subject can come in and use them. It's not a STEM building. It's an innovation center where all classes can come in and learn from it and learn in there. And it will be, it will be a place that then works, the, the mindset of IND then works its way into all buildings and all places on this campus. So we broke ground on September 19th. The construction starts this month. We have meetings every other week and it will be open for next school year. I feel like if you say it, it will come true. Like you just say it enough times. It will be open, right Dirk? It will be open for next school year. It will be open for next school year. And so while the major gift campaign is covering the cost of this building, we're still not out of the woods in terms of the funding of it. We still have work to do for the incredible technology and the furniture and the tools inside. And so we still have naming rights available and opportunities for major gifts. $250,000 or more can be paid out over three years. And if you want to talk more about those opportunities, I am ready to tell you more about it. There are new projects coming on this campus. Um, it is a gift to all of us in this community that we're not passing the hat for a capital campaign to do a great project that we needed in this. We're able to do it through major gifts. Keep the pressure off of tuition, keep the pressure off a of capital campaign, and do it through major gifts. That's awesome. And it will be the beginning of more capital improvements to come. And as we finish putting more meat on the strategic planning bone, strategic plan bones, you'll hear more about capital improvements in the months and years to come. Our Corps of Cadets is thriving under the leadership of Major Joe Claiborne, who wouldn't want to serve underneath that face. Uh, the Board of Governors and the administration continues to remain supportive of our JROTC program and our Honor Unit of Distinction. We know that our Corps of Cadets are the keepers of tradition, and your board and your administration remain supportive of that group. 110 cadets this year, that's a 21% jump from last year. Our Corps of Cadets is a leadership laboratory. 
It helps to build confident cadet scholar athletes. A couple of changes for this year as our athletic department and our academic department and our Corps of Cadets program work together and collaborate in, um, in, an, in an effort to put wellness and students at the center of all decisions. Here's an example of how that's playing out on our campus. If your son or daughter is in the Raider team, a special team that's athletic um, in its nature for the Corps of Cadets, you, they're going to get an athletic credit now for being in Corps of Cadet special teams. That was not possible before. Again, what's in the best interest of kids? If they're up at six in the morning participating in the Raider team, running as much as that group runs, they need to get an athletic credit. And so ways to make sure that our students are at the center of everything we do. Joe has brought uniform flexibility to the Corps of Cadets. On Fridays, our cadets dress just like every other student. Girls can wear their hair down. They can wear tennis shoes just like everybody else. They feel included in this community. That flexibility has been huge. Joe is a great combination of discipline and fun. And that's what our Corps of Cadets program is all about. And Joe's doing a wonderful job leading it. At our homecoming game last Friday night, we had 43 new cadets during halftime uh, promoted. And that was a really cool ceremony. That was Joe's idea. And having them on the football field at halftime promoted was a great way to culminate the new cadet training experience. And in our student athletes, we understand that being committed to the whole child means that we value athletics as well. Athletics is an extension of our classroom. Anybody that spends enough time with me knows that I'm a competitive guy and I believe in what, athletes can, what athletics can bring to a school community. And TMI Athletics, this is from, from the TMI Athletic mission statement. TMI Athletics is committed to creating and fostering an environment of healthy competition and exemplary character development and meaningful leadership training and superior emotional maturity. There is so much to be learned in teamwork and in accountability in discipline and with compassion and with empathy. We want smart kids, we want capable kids, we want kind kids, we want humble kids, we want well-behaved kids, but you need to hear this from me, we also want to win. <laughs> I want it all. I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I want it all. I want smart, kind, respectful, winning kids. That's what I want. <laughs> so some of those initiatives that help us get there are some new initiatives, for example, to the middle school athletic program. So there's a new middle school initiative that's committed to skill development for students that are younger, that maybe haven't had experience playing basketball before. We used to say, come to TMI, you can play any sport you want. And that's true, come to TMI, and you can practice any sport you want. But if you've never dribbled basketball before in your life, and you're on the middle school basketball team, it's actually not very helpful to you to put you out there for the first time in a middle school basketball game where you don't even know what traveling is. And so having a developmental team where that team is working every day, getting the skills that they need so that those who have played the sport before can be together and competitive really is the best both and. And that's a new middle school initiative brought by Brandon who's doing a great job in athletics. We've also streamlined the talent evaluation system for our upper school students so that we can narrow the competitive structure at the upper school. And we're creating competitive schedules, which will also minimize the amount of time that your sons and daughters miss class to go to an athletic event. Um, another example of an extension of the whole child, there's this theme of collaboration on this campus this year, which I absolutely love. So Tracy and Ann and Brandon all get together and collaborate on a new policy, which just went into effect, that if a student athlete is getting home from a road game after 10 p.m. on a school night, 
they don't have to come to school till 10 a.m. the next morning. That is about students and wellness and health and balance. And so that's a new initiative brought by Brandon and Tracy and Ann and Sherry and our, those who are in the business of taking care of students all together. I want to tell you a little bit about the German-American Partnership Program. How many of you are um, hosting either a student or a teacher in your home um, starting Sunday? So it's very exciting. If you didn't get a chance to do it this go-around, this is an initiative we hope to do every two years. The German-American Partnership Program is sponsored by the Ger German Foreign, Foreign Office and the U.S. State Department, and its goal is to increase intercultural understanding. So we have 13 German students and two faculty coming to us this Sunday, and they'll be here for two weeks. Every day they'll be on campus, they'll shadow a TMI student, they'll get to take the quiz if they want to take the quiz, they'll get to participate in the class just like the student that they're shadowing, and they're really, really, really excited to experience life in Texas and with you for these next two weeks. We have been introducing them um, through chapel to the community, so we've put a little bio on each of these students up, and we've been introducing them, and they'll be here this Sunday. And then this summer, 14 TMI students will travel to Germany, June of 2020, and spend one week sightseeing in Germany, and then two weeks in the students' school, um, reciprocating the, the gift that they're uh, giving us. So a very, very cool program under the direction of Jill Cross and Luis Murillo, who are sponsoring this. And again, we hope to repeat this every two years. And so um, if you missed out on hosting a, a student or a teacher this year, more to come in the future. And my last slide is on my favorite subject ever, which is Spurs basketball. Um, after TMI, Spurs basketball second. We're hosting a Spurs night. We used to do this every year um, in years past, but we're back. Um, the Spurs invited us to, for the Corps of Cadets to present the colors before a, a Spurs game. And so we'll be, it'll be TMI night at the Spurs on November the 16th. You're going to see an email coming. You're going to see it in news and notes um, coming this Friday, a link for you to purchase tickets at a bit of a discounted rate and then all TMI can be together for a night at the Spurs game. Uh, as, as an idea, what I think would be really cool, um, consider, even if you can't go to the game, consider buying a seat for a faculty or staff so that one of our teachers or staff could go and participate in this great TMI night as well. Um, that'd be a really cool idea as well, and you'll see more of that to come. So that's uh, 35 minutes. Um, uh, let me close with prayer and then uh, Please continue to stick around, visit with me, any of our leadership that's here. And again, the importance of this night is, um, is huge for me in that we can continue to um, be in a relationship because it does take a village and that three-legged stool of our students, you and, and the school working together is the only way that we can raise the human beings that God has blessed us to raise. So let us pray. Eternal God, bless all schools, colleges, and universities, especially TMI Episcopal that we may be lively centers for sound learning, new discovery, and the pursuit of wisdom. And grant that those who teach and those who learn may find you to be the source of all truth through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you again for being here. Enjoy the rest of the evening in the fellowship. Thank you for listening to TMI's PantherCast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, Please leave us a review on iTunes or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback and show ideas, so leave us a comment, email, or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter using at TMI Episcopal. For more news, ways to connect, and to learn about upcoming events on campus, visit our website at www. 
www.tmi-sa.org.